welcome to Dragon Con Survival Guide Classic Episode Whatever. I'm Gary. I'm also Gary. I don't have notes, so I don't know who I am. <laughs> yes, that's the reason I used to make notes, was just so Taylor would remember who he was and know when to say bumper. <laughs> that was pretty much the only reason. <laughs> Hit the nail on the head with that one, Gary. <laughs> this week we have another COVID time capsule. This one, I think we got the first news of what the actual virtual Dragon Con was going to be. And that was kind of an interesting time, right? Yes. We didn't really know what it was going to be like going forward. We knew how they handled it at the time or how they were planning on handling it. And just the face of cons forever could essentially change at that point. So I think we discussed and predicted quite accurately what was going to happen. And now that we've seen what has happened and how cons are finally getting back to normal, probably this year, I would say, is like the big return to form. We give our very accurate predictions. Call me Captain Fortune Sparrow. Captain Eight Ball Sparrow? <laughs> Captain Tarot Sparrow. Oh, that's a good one. There you go. Captain Tarot Sparrow. <laughs> that's perfect. Going along with kind of what you just said, I remember also in that episode, we talked about some other stuff about kind of predicting also, I'm sure, very accurately how cons will go in 2021 and beyond. And we were kind of right. Like COVID protocols and stuff lasted a good few years smartly took a while to really fully go away even down here in florida where it's the wild west apparently you know it took a while for things to fully get back to normal and i think you're right dude like i've been to some of the bigger ones down here even this year it feels like things are finally back in full swing like they were in 2019 before all this craziness happened yeah without further ado let's hop on into this dragon concept i've got classic Classic. Hey guys, welcome to episode 23 of Dragon Con Survival Guide. I'm Gary. Uh, how's it going, Taylor? I'm doing great, Gary. Good, man. Glad to hear it. How's the weather out there in Hawaii right now? It is extremely hot. It is like 90 degrees right now, and we don't have any trade winds right now. So Ooh. I live up country in the mountains, and normally we have what are called the trade winds, which is how trade ships used to get back here. Oh, whatever. Hmm. Um, I'm not going to butcher the explanation of what trade winds are, but basically there's an awesomely strong breeze that constantly blows down my street and directly into my house. Normally. And it's not here today. <laughs> is it humid like it is in Florida and Hawaii? Uh, not really. Uh, sometimes it is, but um, I live up in the mountains, not as much. Hmm. Well, here it's... <laughs> hey, Google, what's the weather right now? Apparently it's a little cooler than I thought. It says 78, but usually when I actually use a thermometer, it says like 82 to 85-ish. But, you know, a little more moderate. But also it's humid and really kind of annoying, so it's kind of gross out. But at least we're not in the middle of Atlanta right now. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going from the cold hotels to 89 degree in humidity. Yeah. You walk outside, it feels like a summer morning, you know, and it's like, woof. Uh, but anyways... uh. Glad to be back, and we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We got a big discussion about DragonCon's online merch store, which is a cool way to kind of represent DragonCon, but also help them out right now. We also have some news about the uh, virtual DragonCon. Not a lot to talk about there, but they've put out a little bit extra. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how conventions are going to come back in 2021 and what we kind of expect from that. So we got a few little... You know, kind of smaller discussion topics this week, but let's get into the news. 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 
talking about the virtual Dragon Con that we've been talking about a lot lately, geekmom.com, which I guess is just a nerdy website, had an interview with Dan Carroll, a guy who's big in Dragon Con. He's the director of media engagement, and um, he's usually the guy we talk to about getting press badges. Very tied into Dragon Con. And they had some interesting insight into the virtual Dragon Con, which we have a bit of a blurb from their article about here. And uh, there's been a couple things announced since then. But Taylor, can you uh, read off real quick that little bit of that article? Yeah. Uh, Dragon Con TV, DC TV, launched in 2002 as a way to keep us all entertained in the large ballrooms while waiting for minutes. Hmm. It's grown to be a favorite part of the con for many of them, including us. We love your little bits in between. Definitely. In 2006, they launched a streaming service and live parade broadcast. The con is no stranger to streaming, and they have many years of archives. I imagine the storage should look a lot like Warehouse 13, with backup storage, <laughs> old Marriott carpet, and a complete collection of autographs on Funko. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god. Not the biggest thing. Yeah, but I mean, if they had a Funko from every person that ever attended Dragon Con signed in one room, they would make so much money off of that. Oh my god, yeah. That means that not only will they retreat to a stream with mostly live panels and original content, I just found out, by the way, that that's free. Yeah. Um, also experience a bit of the Dragon Con of years past. On top of that, which, I mean, that was kind of cool, but it was a little vague and they didn't really give us a lot of info. We've gotten a little bit more since then. They're going to do three channels. They have made a uh, mention here. I don't see it on here, but they are going to have a paid $10 version of Dragon Con TV, where it's normally $30, I guess, but they're doing $10 for this year to get access to everything like we've had before, Taylor, where it has kind of like kind of a DVR of everything. So you can just kind of go back and look at whatever panel from history or whatever panel from that weekend, whenever you want for like, I think three to five months afterwards. Um, yeah. The live streaming stuff is all free and there are three channels. It's showing stuff from the past. It's showing stuff from new programming. And then I think they've got like the masquerade and some other stuff going on. And then just, if you miss any of like the new up to date stuff, it's going to be restreamed on basically what we used to pay 30 bucks for and now for 10. Right. So it's cool because the element and there's a bit of a paid element. And for 10 bucks, like, hell yeah, because I'm going to miss some stuff because I'm sleeping or at work. Yeah. So, they're even doing a version of the hallway costume contest, mostly through Instagram, but, uh, you know, the matrims and stuff like that when you just see people in costume. Like, it's kind of like a re- recreation of that, and I'm really excited about that. They're doing some really cool stuff on that level. Like they're even doing, um, you can be a part of the parade by literally just filming yourself walking from one side of the frame to the other. And they're going to cut that all into one like massive stream of like people walking one by one or groups together walking one by one. They're doing a uh, full masquerade like they normally do, but it's just going to be all submitted separately. And they have a certain amount of criteria of like how they want you to present yourself and how long the video is supposed to be and all that. They're doing the hallway contest. They're doing a Friday night costume contest. They're doing a special thing about uh, Dragon Con love notes where you can leave a love note and uh, where is that information here? It says missing Dragon Con and want to let us and your fellow fandom know what you love about Dragon Con. Submit a 60 to 90 second video highlighting what you love about the convention and or community. Please submit your love note by August 15th. So another video submission thing. It seems like that's kind of where they're going 
because they know this is all going to be virtual and videos and even you guys will hear from us soon we have the off the track series coming out we're going to go more in depth into each of the fan tracks reaching out to a lot of people that run these tracks and they've been really awesome and helpful and giving tons of information to us but a lot of them have been saying they're like yeah we're kind of going crazy right now because we have to put all this information together and uh, videos you know for the fan track portion of the channel or the fan track channel i guess which, as Taylor mentioned, there's three channels with this online streaming experience. The first one is DCTV Land slash Classics, which will feature all of the contents from the years past, like basically the biggest panels, the most fan favorite moments, and all their classic bumps and all that sort of stuff. The second channel will feature the track programming from this year, something that really sets them apart. They're having 35 plus tracks, which is all of the tracks, generating new content for them to enjoy all day long, 24 hours a day. So that one's basically the one I was talking about where they're just going to have new stuff from all the tracks. And the third and final channel will be the main channel. They're calling it the main channel, but that's what we would call the main programming or the, I think, main programming track, I think is what it's called. Right, Taylor? Yeah, basically it's akin to main programming. It's got the, um, it's got the parade, the masquerade, their most iconic things. An interesting side note, too, is I've noticed on their store that um, people are starting to sell workshops. So, like, hmm. the normal workshops, the tracks present that are, like, writing workshops, podcasting workshops, costume workshops. People are starting to put those up. It's kind of cool. Typically, DragonCon TV was basically just exclusively on a PC browser. Or, you know, you can use a browser on another device, but usually those don't work so great, especially on smaller devices and whatnot. This time, you can use the Vimeo app, which is on iOS or Android, and you can cast that, or you can use the uh, regular browser. They have a YouTube channel with their main content, and they're also going to make a Roku channel, or at least they're working on it, a uh, app for Roku devices. Yeah, Melissa actually has a Roku, so nice. uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. After the content airs live, it'll be available on demand at dragoncontv.com slash, or sorry, dragoncon.tv slash videos. This will require a membership, but we've lowered the price to $10 for everyone so you can watch as much DragonCon content as you want for another year after the live stream ends. I remember the first year specifically we did this, you and I having DragonCon TV. I think I got it the first year they offered it. But it was only $20, I want to say, yeah. instead of 30 I want to say it was less, though. I think the first time it gave you, like, three months. Because I remember we had talked about, like, trying to Skype together, like, at sometime around December to, like, watch a couple of the panels we missed to try to get the last bit in before my uh, membership expired. Because they didn't give you very long that first year. I assume I bought it last year, but... I don't remember if I got a year on that or not. That's cool. 10 bucks, you get access to everything DragonCon's ever done for a whole year. All the bumps, all the panels, all the exclusive stuff they're doing this year. That, that's pretty cool. I'm excited. Same here, man. What have you been so excited about with the merch store? First off, it was my uh, wonderful fiance, Melissa, who's also our most dedicated listener. <laughs> True. She actually likes that podcast, which makes me very excited. It's not like a, oh, I like your podcast, dear. Yeah, you can tell she's legit about it. <laughs> I got her some um, some merch from previous DragonCon years, like the hoodie that you have that looks like the Batman logo that says DragonCon. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Some socks and some other fun stuff. Because I was trying to support them, and they have awesome prices on old merch. And just recently, they released the new merch for 2020, and it's amazing. And it's extremely prices again. One of the things I'm most excited about since I live in Hawaii, <laughs> um, they have 
what you guys call Hawaiian shirts. We call them Aloha shirts with uh, the Dragon Con Tiki theme, and they're awesome. I love those shirts so much, man. They look really cool. Like they got little Captain America shields and other nerdy like logos and stuff on it. But then it's like Dragon Con themed and it's all purple and cool. I'm getting one for sure. Yeah, I actually picked up some old stuff too. I got a uh, for myself. Uh, I got an old shirt. One of the lanyards too. Nice. It's just what they have, and also they also ship stuff to me in Hawaii for really <laughs> reasonable shipping. And it came here in like three days. So nice. Amazon routinely loses my packages. I think they talked at one point about how I'm pretty sure that they just like fly over the ocean with the uh, cargo door open and just yeah. say, hey, look, hook, fuck this guy, throwing a package at them. <laughs> or cargo hold. So Amazon can't get in my packages, but Dragon Con can. Wherever you are in the country, you'll get your stuff quickly. And that's pretty cool, that's too, pretty- from like Atlanta to Hawaii to get there in three days when Amazon can't even handle that. And they have warehouses everywhere. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I was also impressed with how quickly they shifted just because, you know, for the most part, the stuff would be closed down everywhere. Yeah. And uh, I'm undaunted by that and immediately shipped my stuff, so. Nice. Was there anything out of the new stuff that you saw that you'd want to get? There's a couple different things here this year. It's a Kiki lanyard, so it's kind of like the same thing that the Hawaiian shirt is. And they've got some new patches. Instead of saying, like, what year it is or what dates, it just says Dragon Con goes virtual. I'm pretty stoked on that. I'm kind of um, thinking about getting that Dragon Con Goes Virtual patch. Yeah, it looks really cool, and it's like five bucks, I think, so yeah, easy way to support them. Um, also, from previous years, they have the street banners that used to hang on like the poles, like the, the light poles and stuff, like while you're walking down past the Marriott. So, if you want, you can have a life-size street banner of someone cosplaying Captain Marvel, <laughs> or a really bad cosplay of Vision. Where'd you find that? You see that man's vision costume? Wow. Yeah. I shouldn't be reading about cosplays, but that guy done fucked up. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool. Oh, would you also like to know another interesting story about Dragon Con Gary? What's that? My wonderful fiance, Melissa. For our anniversary, she got me two pieces of the carpet and framed them for me. And a program from the first Dragon Con you and I went to, 2010, that was signed by the artist. Wow. Um, and she got a special secret for us. Somehow on eBay, she found a pocket program from the very first Dragon Con where Gary Gygax attended. So, really? Yeah, it's amazing. And it's the real deal. And the, the list of guests from 1987, I think, was is just awesome. That's so crazy. I'm going to have to send you some pictures of it later. Yeah, I remember we talked about it a bit. We did our um, trivia episode, you know, about the random people that were there, like the guy from Blue Wizard Cult that was randomly there that first year. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, Gary Gagats, the creator of Dungeons and Dragons, was there. Yeah. Which is awesome. Pretty stoked on that. I'm surprised someone was selling one. Yeah. All things. Yeah. It's yeah. cool to know that, like, I don't know if the right word to say is that there's a market for stuff like that, but like that people cherish those Dragon Con memories and those old like random pocket programs and, you know, program guides from years gone past that you can easily get that on eBay or wherever for a decent enough price to just like live the nostalgia. That's really cool. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And it shows that people still care about it. I was surprised that I, you can still get pieces of the carpet. Definitely. It's such a good to look at the original pocket program. Like it folds out and everything. That's okay. so I mean, like, we had a pocket program from 2010 when we went. 
Yeah, I don't know if I even have the Pocket Program anymore, but I remember I printed a copy of it, and I had it on, like, full sheets of paper from my college uh, library that I printed it out on. As of this recording, Taylor Dude, we've talked about this. I don't think it ever made it onto a pod. Sterling and I, friend of the show, pre-ordered a bunch of this Dragon's Nectar mead. Have you heard about this? I have. I kept seeing updates from the DragonCon's Instagram, and it popped up on my Facebook advertisement. Yeah, I noticed that too. Probably because I follow a lot of DragonCon stuff on Facebook. It popped up as a Facebook ad, or maybe one of the DragonCon groups on Facebook shared it around. It's been doing big on the DragonCon Instagram DragonCon themselves, I don't know if they're officially partnered with it or just supporting it, but they shared it around a lot, um, and that's pretty cool. But I believe it's an official partner. I would imagine. It seems like they're really promoting it pretty hard, so I believe it. This uh, company, Monk's Meadery from Georgia, is putting out an official DragonCon mead for 2020. I'm sure originally it was supposed to be in conjunction with that year's con, and they could probably have a bunch of it and make a big deal selling it at the convention, but that didn't happen. So instead what they did was uh, starting, I think, July 31st. They put out pre-orders, and there's still pre-orders available. I actually just checked today. You could even, an hour ago, you could still order three, four packs, which is the maximum amount they'll allow any individual household to order. And they're supposed to start shipping August 17th. So I pre-ordered four of them between me and Sterling. Sterling's buying one. So then that way, I'm going to have one can each for a collectible for me and Taylor, and uh, the rest I'll have available for my Dragon Con birthday party on Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it's just, it's a really cool thing. Well, mead is the most classic alcohol, uh, I think, or the oldest alcohol or something. Basically, it's from, from a long, long time ago. It's made out of honey. Mm. It's interesting in that it's kind of like beer, to give it things like beer. Uh, it usually has a higher alcohol content. It's a bit sweeter, but it, it's very, mead tastes like mead. It's very difficult to describe what yeah. it tastes like. It's good, though. I love it. If you like mead, you'd love it. Let's see, so this one was brewed with honey, passion fruit, hibiscus, and dragon fruit. Which, interesting, dragon fruit and dragon's nectar, of course, dragon con, makes sense. Um, It's 6% ABV, and you get four 16-ounce cans for $16? Yeah, $16 for a four-pack. You gotta factor in shipping, though. I'm even only one state away, I don't know how much that really changes things, but I had to pay $52 for two four-packs. So, um... Obviously, shipping alcohol and pressurized cans is a thing that probably requires air. But um, I live in Hawaii, and it's just <laughs> just no chance that I'm getting any of these because uh, shipping for me for one four pack is over a hundred dollars. So I can pay sixteen dollars, which is actually a wonderful price for a four pack of meat. Meat is a little bit more expensive, and this is definitely crappy stuff. Yeah, and then a hundred dollars in shipping. Wow. <laughs> I just got a new phone, finally, because I had a burner phone for a, quite a while. Nice. And I've re-downloaded Pokemon Go, and I'm proud to say that I've got a lot of Pokemon. I finally got a red Gyarados. I don't even know what that is. I have a Magikarp that's walking with me that I want to turn into a Gyarados one day, but you get a red one. You have to get a shiny Magikarp, which is gold, and it has little sparkles. Like, if you find a shiny Pokemon in the wild... There'll be, like, little sparkles flowing off of it, and it'll look a different color. They had an event, like, a couple days ago. Magikarps were everywhere, like crazy. And, like, being here, and I don't know if it's... It probably would be the same for you, because I know it was down in Aruba and stuff. 
if you're in like a coastal kind of tropical area, you tend to get a lot of water and grass Pokemon. Pretty much everything that I'm getting. <laughs> right, right. So you probably could find a bunch of Magikarp around you, or at least more than you would in most areas. So I finally have a red Gyarados. Do you remember there was that one red Gyarados in the middle of that lake? And you had one chance to try to catch him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and for some reason that stuck with me as a kid. I'm like, that was so cool. So I'm so happy that I finally got a red Gyarados. Like, it's it's all I've wanted for so many years, and I'm so happy. Like, that's all I ever wanted in life. Oh, that's awesome. I have a Pikachu wearing a Santa hat, and that is my favorite thing, because I still have all the Pokemon I caught five years ago when I first downloaded this game. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Aside from Pokemon Go, man, anything else you... And Fallout, of course. Uh, anything else you've been into lately? Yes, there is other nerdy stuff I've been doing. I watched the first episode of The Umbrella Academy, and I really liked it. And I also really liked that it was written by Gerard Way, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. He didn't write the show, but he did write the comic. And I remember back when I used to buy and sell comic books, he was just starting to get into writing books. Yeah. And... Apparently they've done really well because the Umbrella Academy just came out in the second season and is awesome. I remember years ago I heard, I forget if it was a Smodcast or what, but it was a Kevin Smith podcast where he had Gerard Way on. His daughter's a musician. She has her own band called The Tenth. But she's always been big into music and played guitar and bass and all that. And so she got, uh, somehow, through her father, like got in touch with Gerard Way who was like one of her idols and actually got to talk to him and stuff and they kind of developed a friendship and kevin smith developed an appreciation for him and his band's music through his daughter and then he actually had him on the podcast and that was like right when he was starting to get into the comic industry so i remember him talking a bunch about that back then but i haven't actually looked into any of them and i didn't realize i've heard of umbrella academy on netflix yeah so apparently he wrote the first book of it in 2007 yeah like it's awesome the music plays a big part in the show, and I'm really interested to get more into it. Yeah, it was popping up everywhere. Do you mean you watched the first episode of the first season? Yes. Okay, because I haven't seen any of it yet. Uh, Sterling, our, our friend who's been on the show, he just watched the second season, and he said it's even better than the first, which he already liked. So I'm kind of pumped. I asked him if he thought it would be in my wheelhouse, and he said he thinks I'd love it. But I haven't actually watched it myself. So yeah, it's kind of like it. a different kind of take on like an X-Men kind of thing, from what I've gathered? Yeah, or dysfunctional. Hmm. And stuff. Noise. Taylor, try to help me think of a way to make you say dope. Yeah, you know what I think of stuff on the roof? Hey Taylor. On a scale of on a scale of different types of soaps, how would you rank soap on a rope? It's dope. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of DragonCon Survival Guide. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Guide, on the Twitter at CrunkedUpReview, or on Instagram at DragonCon underscore survival underscore guide. Shoot us an email anytime at DragonConSurvivalGuide at gmail.com, or just scream to the DragonCon gods in the middle of downtown Atlanta at 2 a.m. Intro music and bumpers are provided by royalty-free music websites. Outro is Beautiful End by Jacob Spangler, friend of the podcast. Until next time.
Top Wop Studios production. 